Lizanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who holds space for any earthling as they reunite body and soul in their planetary experience. I'm a bridge for relationships between all species so that the heart bond becomes stronger, deeper, and more loving. I serve in the roles of animal communicator, medium, and medical intuitive, and I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support all earthlings in their recovery from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animals I View podcast. Right out of the gate and in full transparency, my relationship with the angelic realm is what we might call episodic. While I don't think anyone can have too many decks of oracle cards to play with and use when analysis paralysis of human experience comes on, maybe that's just me, I have not ever been drawn to buying a deck of angel cards. And when I think about it, in my human experience, I feel like there's not enough oomph for me in this dimension. And by oomph, I refer to a sensation of solidity, of being wholly present throughout dimensions to include the third one on earth, and as well of having corporeal or physical form before or now on earth or another planet. There's a lack of resonance for me that could be due to my sun sign being Capricorn and an earth sign, and my soul path then literally (laughs) grounded to earth, as in like, you know, pounded in. (laughs) It could also be that I perceive angels through a lens of religious connotation, having their identities drilled into me through Catholic indoctrination through college, admittedly. And whatever the case, my human experience is simply not of that vibration on the regular. And I think it's great for people who do feel that vibration, because the more diversity of energy through human experience on earth, the better. Because that's what matters most, right? How it feels to your body and then by extension, you. That being said, I do think it's important to separate out any underlying belief systems from the energetic fingerprint of angels themselves because that's up for individual interpretation. So how Archangel Michael speaks to and works with one person might be quite different than how they speak and work with someone else. And yes, there are likely to be common themes among these interpretations that resonate for you. I'll likely repeat myself with this resonance thingy as I do with spelling, just because it's so important to your unique human experience. Take what fits and leave the rest. If it doesn't fit, if it doesn't resonate, then it's not for you. If you're not familiar with, say, Archangel Gabriel or Ariel, should they appear or let you know who they are, which is usually a strong indication, head to ye old interwebs to see what resonates. When they make an appearance in your life and or if you feel particularly resonant with that, subtract out the belief system that says asking them for something or working with them gives you a special kind of oomph yourself in human experience. We can get like that, our species, especially in the metaphysical community. And I am also of the opinion that we can get stuck in the practice, air quotes, of a certain type of energy where it becomes us 
rather than it calling to us because we already are it, if that makes sense. And I think the multidimensional space of energy is large enough to hold a plethora of services and offerings of empowering and realigning experiences. I'm in the midst of another FGO, aka effing growth opportunity, as humans call it myself, in learning how to write for humans. In other words, in learning how to be an actual scribe. Sure, I know the subject matter fairly well, and yet presenting it in such a way over a long form, like a book, makes me feel like I am just starting out again, and that's been a very long time for me, that I had something new, which is exciting and at the same time absolutely petrifying. In my own experience, I'd rather keep it light, as in not heavy or stuck in a place. And truth be told, when I hear, oh, you're an animal communicator, my personality sits up a bit, and I usually add, I'm also a medium, a medical intuitive, etc. I'd rather let the animals and whoever else wants to surprise me to do just that. It will only make all of the forms and modalities about which I already have knowledge that much deeper because my own planetary experience is getting that much deeper by interacting with another and newer form of energy. The episodic nature of my experiences with the angelic realm has come usually in the form of archangels, who can maybe be referred to as the heavy hitters of the angelic realm, although to whom you talk about that will vary naturally. Wikipedia says that archangels are the second lowest rank of angel in Christianity, and in Judaism, the prefix arch spelled A-R-C-H, as in archangel, means princes and therefore the highest ranking angels. That group may include Michael, associated with protection, Gabriel, associated with communication, Raphael, associated with healing, and Uriel, U-R-I-E-L, associated with wisdom. This group is also considered by some to be guardians of the four corners of our world, Ergo, there are four of them. And however, just like Pluto, Uriel is also sometimes not considered to be part of the four, as my research tells me more likely Catholicism. There are others beyond these four, of course, and I would encourage you to buy a deck of oracle cards to which you are drawn and knock yourself out with getting acquainted with them. I have had Archangel Michael come into a client session once or two or three times, especially early on in my career. And it was a really interesting, mostly clairsentient experience. Imagine if Shaquille O'Neal, and for all y'all who don't know, he's a really tall, retired, former uh, NBA player. Just Google Shaq O'Neal and you'll see what I mean. If if Shaquille O'Neal himself teleported into a small room and landed with a hump in one corner of the room. For me, I could feel the vibration that shoe size 22 and those feet would make, and his energetic field was quite large. He wouldn't do anything. He just stood watch And after the first or second time, I understood that his coming in, unbidden by me, I didn't ask him to come in, (laughs) was an indication that I was perhaps in a bit of a sketchy energetic area and that I needed to be ultra aware. I wasn't fearful when he came in. It was more of a, huh, 
well, Michael's here, so that must mean something. (laughs) I didn't really care what it meant. I didn't ask him for anything. His presence in coming in meant more than enough about how benevolent this universe was, is, and will continue to be in my experience, just as it's meant to be the same for everyone else. Archangel Ariel, A-R-I-E-L, is another frequent visitor for me, as she is the guardian for nature, and as a shout out to personal pronouns, I think the we, ours, whatever applies here as well. Sometimes we depict them as being male and other times as female, at least to those of us here on Earth, and I think that's part of the mystical quality about them. As with most guides or spirit partners who happen to step in, I usually say if they want you to know who they are, they'll tell you. With Archangel Michael for me, I probably felt the word Michael, and with Archangel Ariel, I heard her name, and I felt a decidedly feminine energy as well, as usually see her wings wrapping around my shoulders as in a hug. For everyone else, this will be predicated on your life path as well as your soul path. The default identification for our species is individual, and so, I perceive, the realms and dimensions of all energetic beings who are in service to this planet and all beings on this planet, they kind of roll with that. It's far easier, I'm hearing, to go with the flow than against the stream and try to re-educate billions of us. (laughs) They're so eager to support and guide that they'll take any opening we give them. What we do with that, of course, is entirely up to us via free will, which naturally gets us into a heck of a lot of trouble, at least from their perspective. Quote, You're so stubborn, a lot of you, that a homing pigeon has a better chance of finding their home, in parentheses, center, than any of you do, only when your internal GPS is oriented to our walking amongst you, providing comfort and warmth, will you begin to trust the experience rather than rely on what someone else has told you. And I just got to say this message is of the same inside-out kind that I associate with the vibration of the angelic realm. In the world of musical notes, I will sometimes hear two octaves above middle C as on a piano when I'm working with angelic energy, and I feel that particularly high-pitched vibration. And to be sure, not all energy is the same. It is diverse and varied and suited for a particular matching vibration and frequency. We have so much of it at our disposal that rather than ask for it, that it's better to simply be expectant that this energy is already present and perhaps just waiting for the right time to come in. And sometimes with universal guidance, including the quite specific angelic energy, I think that it helps to be just a little bit lazy. The lazy part is about the contrast that partners so well with human experience. It's about waiting on the universe to peel you a grape or to fix you a cup of tea, or to cook you something so outrageously decadent that you'd never do that for yourself. It's about being expectant without expecting. One is a state of being expectant, and the other, of course, is a list. 
One is when your effort aligns with the intention of the universe giving me all kinds of support and when I least expect it. And expectant is not, I expect that this will happen or I expect that this is what that person will do or I expect that I'll be respected at work when X, Y, and Z happens or I expect that if I do what they want, they'll love me. It's about understanding that less doing and going means we're making room for magic to slide right into our DMs and knock us off our feet by being expectant. By definition, expectant is an excited feeling that something good is going to happen. And more often than not, for me with animals, it's that I will partner with them in building better relationships with their guardians. I don't have a list. I know that it will happen, and probably most importantly, they're in charge. I'm following their lead, so thus, the lazy part. I, of course, get all the credit, (laughs) which I hopefully openly pass along to them all the time. I know that the less I do, the more will happen. I'm not invested in what will happen. I know that whatever is meant to be will happen based on my intention of highest and best good for all. And of course, maybe relaxed is a better word than lazy. Although even with relaxed, there may be some question of, well, how do you do that? Which I can't explain really, because in my experience, this is how it happens. In another's experience, it may be different. And yet the animals are stepping in with, quote, how often do you see us stressed or even thinking that we're not doing enough? And I dare say we don't see that. So their point is well taken. The thing is, we're so brainwashed with the habit of nothing will get accomplished and I won't accomplish anything unless I do, do, do. So instead of focusing on the being part of our energetic field that actually powers our human experience, the relaxed or the lazy part, we focus on the gains that we're making in the human experience itself without really listening to or or deciphering or more importantly, applying what we receive as support from the universe and at times angels. I'm hearing that the universe says that when we get in the go, do, go mode and either disregard or don't apply, my favorite, don't wait for the timing of the guidance to occur, they think that's the same as trying to put your socks on heel first which is impossible, right? And I'm talking about crew or ankle socks or longer. The little footy ones, you could maybe put the heel on and stretch the heck out of the rest of the sock. That would not work for my size 10 and a half double A feet, trust me. (laughs) But there's only one way into the sock and that's through the hole at the top because of how it's made and how human feet are made. They're literally made for each other to match the outlines of physical anatomy. In other words, your experience. We wouldn't dream of putting on socks any other way, which from the perspective of the universe and the angels is the same as acting out of human experience based only on human experience and without the input of energy and or universal guidance. Sure, you could go barefoot, they say, and what would happen when you do that? You end up with feet that get cut and bruised and, well, build up really hard calluses, which may be useful, these calluses. And at the same time, I'm thinking of the quote by Thich Nhat Hanh, walk as if your feet are kissing the earth. Hard to do with a soul full of, pun intended, calluses. 
Socks are meant to provide warmth, comfort, protection, and fun, right? I love, love, love a fun pattern on my socks, and I have a whole drawer full of what I think are cool ones. I will never be unhappy with the gift of socks. That's the most unboring gift to me ever. The same concept or visual holds true with gloves. They're meant to fit so closely to your actual fingers like socks do with your actual feet, you simply can't get them on even with the zipper on one side or or with the zipper on all fingers. You still have to put your fingers in first over your palms and up to your wrists. The purpose of both socks and gloves is to make your hands and your feet more comfortable on planet Earth. What a brilliant analogy, right? It's almost like we're on Universal Jeopardy. I'll take clothes for 400, Alex. What fits so closely to human experience on Earth provides comfort and warmth when necessary, as well as cushioning against whatever our hands and feet might come in contact with. Smack the heck out of those buzzers, people. It's universal guidance and energy in the form of angels. That's pretty much the way it is with energy, that we can choose when we need or want comfort, support, and security with this unified duality design on planet Earth simply by visualizing socks and gloves. The very essence of ordinary on Earth for humans. As the poet Mary Oliver said in her poem, Wild Geese, quote, You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. There are no prayers needed for something to happen or something not to happen. There is only your own experience and how you want that to be in an affirmed statement of highest and best good at this point in time. And you know, the sock and glove thing is so very cool and fun to consider because angels have not had corporeal or physical form here on planet Earth. They are the literal definition of pure energy, just as you are on a soul level. So who else could be as close to you as your own angelic posse? Oh, and by the way, they would also add childbirth as another analogy. There's one way in and one way out. (laughs) Once you enter physical form on earth, I'm seeing a bit of a barcode stamp of soul that appears as an indication of what's already inside. And who better to support soul path than the angelic realm? Not just this planetary existence, this one way in or one way out thing I'm sensing. As you are energy, you choose to fill your experience with that rather than the other way around of filling your human experience with yet more human experience and reactions and fear and, and, and. Seems like a sock and glove scenario to me. There's no separation, of course, even between life and transition, and I think the angels wanted to add a bit of comedy to make you LOL, or at least giggle a little bit with the whole childbirth analogy. Once you align your energy within human experience with the energy capital E and guidance already present, the creative part of what comes out is amazing, just like childbirth.
Along with being expectant versus expecting or expectations, and I'm overemphasizing the whole childbirth analogy as that's what was added for emphasis by the angels, I would add to see any information coming from the universe as guidance versus answers. Oh, we are so very big on our wanting answers, aren't we? What does it all mean? What does it mean when I see an eagle or an ant or a bat? Who is my guardian angel? And we tend to rely on others for these interpretations. We desperately want to know, am I on the right path? Am I doing the right thing? How can I find happiness? Will this new job or person or thing bring me happiness and joy? Whatever this wanting an answer is, the energy of that can crowd out the incoming guidance or the guidance that is already present that provides the very steps to find your happiness, your path fit and all. The more you begin to speak in the language of energy and to see and to hear and to feel and smell and taste in the language of energy, you begin to experience such wonderful aha moments and feel more inclusion than you can possibly imagine and maybe for the first time ever in your whole life. Where the word family and your experience of your biological one pales in comparison with that of other animals, plants, and crystals' experience of family to which you now have access. So that you begin to soften and realign your need to belong and to know and replace that with knowing deep down in your bones that you have belonged from the very beginning of your time here on this planet and were only told by others that you didn't belong. And so that you can return to a home of yourself where every other being on the face of the planet also lives, complete with a mostly tidy drawer of fabulously colored socks and gloves, ready to provide comfort, joy, and compassionate illumination for your daily human experience on this very unique planet. And at least, that's how the angels see it. Thanks for listening today. Leave a review and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. To schedule online, go to LizanneFlynn.com. Come and find me on social media, Facebook, X-Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I encourage you to sign up for my quarterly newsletter on my website, where I also post notices for upcoming events, the starting date of courses in the Animals Eye View Academy, and online psychic fairs. The episodes of this podcast are available on my YouTube channel, complete with subtitles. You'll find that link in my podcast footer, and be sure to subscribe. This has been the Animals Eye View Podcast. I'll see you next time.